0: You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus.
1: Hello and welcome to the week 14 episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host Adri Mallows. Joining me this week is One and only. Marcus Henson and he is with me here in the Aylesbury studio it's quite a treat because normally he's all the way down in not so sunny Plymouth yeah rocking it live today face to face yeah I know this is really weird like I can't look at my notes halfway through and just like flip you off or something see see what
2: I'm dealing with here people
1: (laughs) but it's good fun so not only are we here in the Aylesbury studio today we have two phenomenal guests for you We have our Rookie of the Year from last year, that's our Rookie of the Year rather than the League's Rookie of the Year in Cindy Cummings, and we also have the face of the LFL, the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, no doubt, the one, the only Danica Brace will be joining us later on the show. With that said, Marcus, we're going to kick into the game review. Yeah, let's go. LFL
0: Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download
1: on your Android or iPhone. We come on now to the game itself between Seattle Mist and Las Vegas Sin from Saturday night in the Showwear Center, where we're going to be in how many weeks, Marcus? (laughs) Oh, it's going to be less than three now. Yeah, two and a half weeks. Maybe we'll be in the same sort of seats that KK and Danica made it up to uh, towards the end of the game. But anyway, I digress as
2: always. Let's start with the game. Mark, first kickoff, it will kind of... Went well for Seattle on that, didn't it? Yeah, it sort of set the tone for the game, really. Melee Gilmore is a phenomenal athlete, and you you saw that this game really sort of put her talents to light. And that sort of return, just sort of bring it back to sort of about the nine yard line, wasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much it showed you how the game was going to go, didn't it? How dominant Seattle were going to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was often, to be fair, I was quite surprised that it took them four downs to then score. For me, it was the way they they utilised everybody on the pitch. I thought maybe. These games, they're now running in, trying to save some people coming up for the playoffs. But it wasn't that at all. No, no, no. They kept the first-team offense out there. They moved all the, the interchangeable parts. You had Jessica Hopkins, Stevie Stone in the backfield, Melee Gilmore. Out wide, you had Brim Render. They were working people so that way everyone seemed to, to get some kind of touch of the ball or at least making some kind of impact.
1: Absolutely. And what did you think of Vegas? We
2: say they got off to a poor start with a kickoff return, but... How about their first drive? Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Like I said, it's, it's really tough this year, I think, to, to try and pick up one rookie who's going to win that crown of a rookie of the year because Dominique Malloy is making a hell of a case for herself. I mean, amazing. Just change of pace on the counter looked at like a simple, maybe blown assignment on the block, but she just like finds a way of turning that corner. You see, the second she gets to that corner, she. Is gone. Boom. End there, zone. There, there's no one's going to catch her. I don't think there's anyone that even gets anywhere close to her speed in the LFL at the moment. No. I Yeah. There is just, there's no sort of comparison to it. But again, it all works from that that front. It looked like that front three were getting a bit beaten around by Seattle because they got a great defensive three. I mean, Katie Whelan's been an absolute fine for them. I know they didn't quite have Danica in. She was more sort of playing safety to start the game. But still, you had Stevie and Megan in there. And they were just bullying them. But still, every single time Dominique had that ball, she didn't give up. Even when in the face of so many points down later in the game every single time she touches the ball she looks to make a play
1: yeah indeed and despite how well I say Seattle started the game uh, in the first quarter certainly it seemed like it was very much punch and counter punch wasn't it with obviously Seattle getting the first score on the great field position Malloy getting a huge touchdown run
2: and then we had that monster catch from Bryn Render as well on Seattle's next drive in double coverage she finds some way of making that play and it's big play for big play and you're right it was punch for punch toe for toe and I I thought we were going to have a a monster shootout yeah and Bryn Render, again, and we've
1: mentioned it, I know, over the last couple of Seattle games, but her and KK Muffini really settling into their roles in Seattle now. And Render, over the last two games, has definitely showed the class
2: that she had in Jacksonville. Absolutely. this is seems- Tampa, sorry. Oh, and Tampa. There's this, the pieces are now in place and they look comfy, like they're working together. But you, you talk about people getting set. For me, the next play for Las Vegas set the tone. When Megan Hansen stripped the ball off Dominic Malloy, recovered her the own fumble she forced for me megan hansen you look back at game one to now i think she'd be a great case to look at the most improved player this year she has done so much work clearly to to go from awful first game getting burned everywhere to finding a way of making plays and she makes plays all day in this game
1: yeah but you would want to be the most improved player if you got torn a new one the way she did by coach mocherson after that first game (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I must, I bet she has
1: a hell of an incentive <laughs> he's not the kind of coach we hear that you want to rub up the wrong way yeah. is he really no. so yeah she's definitely
2: done well there to become the most improved player and who else on that Seattle team is impressing you at the moment uh, I, I, it seems every single game Danica is doing well uh, she cannot do no wrong at the moment I mean it seems to be offence or defence uh, she's finding ways of either getting into the end zone or sacking the quarterback and you're not just saying that because she's coming up on the show later. No, not just earning <laughs> brownie points for later in the show. No, she is. Oh, you look at the game against LA. The second half. Um, she said
1: in her own words as well. The first half, she wasn't with it, but found time to refocus at halftime, had her alone time.
2: And then playing that strong safety position, she was incredibly dominant. Absolutely. And the second piece of the, the, this game's puzzle, LaShonda Fowler coming back. LaShonda Fowler being able to be that extra tight end to allow Stevie Snore to get back in the running game where she belongs also playing some great defense throughout I mean I think she had a fumble as well we mentioned Megan having one I think she had the second uh, one she recovered the f- second fumble yeah yeah, exactly did, yeah. so having her back amazing and, and like I say some veterans stepping up you see because LeSean DeFauw has been around a few years Danica's been around a few years it's, it's the veterans stepping up when they need to when they're asked to put the big player on the line they're coming up from it and that's the difference in this game was the problem was where Seattle could rely on these veterans to step up and take from what Vegas were giving them Vegas just always seemed to be trying to hit the big play and they just lack in that veteranship to sort of step up you know Cindy playing really dumb in the first half you know some silly picks staring down the receivers easy picks for the defenders to take and no one really sitting there on defence who I can say that is the leader of the defence I know we got Kelly uh, we had it last week wasn't it um, yeah. she says that she felt like she she's always playing on a team with rookies and we, I'm pretty sure I saw some new faces again this week around the the lineup and stuff. That could be because people are out injured or what. The roster, yeah, only looked like about maybe seven, eight players that I recognised from the roster at the start of the season. Yeah, and it's just, you're going to need those players once we're getting into sort of games five and six. You know, like Seattle are, their girls are stepping up. Vegas... I don't know who's stepping up because there's not a leader there who I think is ready to step up. I just want to come back to sort of rookie of the year. And what do you think about Katie Wheeland? Do you think she's making a case for herself? For me, she was really disruptive, especially in the second half. Big factor of this game was Cindy Cummings going out for that fourth quarter. I'm not sure if she took. She took a big hit in the first well, she half. She did, not she didn't she because she was out for I think quite a lot of the second quarter. Second quarter uh, after she the big, had a big, hit. big hit. Yeah, she takes another big hit in the third quarter. And then we suddenly see it was Tamar Fennell playing under centre. And that really opened up because they became a bit one-dimensional and really, Seattle defence, but Katie Whelan really had a field day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Katie came in, she had a few completions, they run the ball a lot with her and towards the end of the fourth quarter we did start to see a lot of the backups, which I guess we were expecting. The question is, obviously we should say at this point that the final score ended up being uh, 64-19. I got quite a shock uh, when I looked at the app on Sunday morning to see such a blowout bearing in mind how well Vegas had done the last couple of games. But yeah, end of the fourth quarter, started seeing the backups. They, at this stage, have another matchup coming up on Wednesday, do we see Seattle playing
2: all backups, bearing in mind the big game they've got in a week and a half's time after that? I'd say possibly maybe first quarter, almost like, you know, we see preseason NFL. We see first quarter tends to be the starters and then we got the backups for the rest of the game. Um I think this one was a statement because it was in the show where, yeah, then they had to go out with a big win. They're not going to bother really that much as it's in Ontario this time. They'll they'll play the starters because, of course, Danica pick up, picked up a bit of a niggle. Katie, when she came in as, as quarterback, she took a couple of big hits. I don't think you're going to be wanting to take too many of them. Um, so I'd say, yeah, you, you could look to see a big dose of, of backups uh, this midweek. And just to finish off then with, with Vegas, what do we think
1: they need to do? What can we see them doing this coming Wednesday in the return fixture? I mean, again, if, if Cindy had quite a big hit, which it looked like she did, and then went off injured again you know, is she going to maybe
2: sit out on Wednesday because it's the last game of the season, or because they're at home, will she kind of do her best to play? I think if you're, if you're Vegas, you need to go out strong, because this is what you're going to put onto your sort of recruiting drive in the offseason. How are you going to keep girls staying in the team? You don't want to go 0-5 and 1, because that's not going to look good. There's going to be, the camp's going to feel down. You're going to want to sit there and go out on that last win, say, you know, we fought hard. All, like I said, first quarter, they were in the game, and then Third quarter, we saw some signs of life, but they just, once Cindy went out of the game, that was it. It was gone. You've got to sit there and go now. We, we are a good team. You know, we've had a few things go our way. We haven't quite gelled the way we need to, but we need a reason to, to keep this thing together over the off-season to go away and a goal to drive.
1: Yeah, because when you look at that offence, they've got some key parts that they need. They've got, obviously, uh, Cynthia Schmidt. They've got Brittany Henderson. They've got Cindy Cummings and, obviously, Dominique Malloy, as well as Iftamar Fennell sticks around as well. So, they've got some really good players there that they can utilise. That's five people that would be a really strong offence. It's just a case of what do they do on defence aside from Kelly Campbell. And the more I think about it, and, obviously, we spoke about it with her last week, let's please just move her to the safety position because she's just... She's out on a limb out of that cornerback position. You need someone like her. And if you have her and Ty Emery in particularly, have like middle linebacker and safety, then you've got quite a strong core to then build the rest of the team around.
2: Yeah. I found that this week, a lot of the time the play was going away from Kelly anyway. So whereas against LA, she was in almost every play. No, they need a strong safety position change up because they're getting burnt too deep. And they need to work on that that D line because it is not fast enough and it doesn't pursue smart enough. And that that that's the two keys for me. If they can get a leader on that defensive line and someone to keep the secondary in check, could be looking good. Hold the faith in uh, Las Vegas. Indeed. Well, with that said, we'll leave
1: our game review there. And when we come back, we will have the first of our guests.
2: How does an athlete
0: reach the pinnacle of the LFL? <laughs> Performance training. Focus, yet ever active in their community. Film study, practice. In superb condition, leading a healthy lifestyle.
3: I'm an LFL athlete. Are you?
1: Joining us now on the show is our LFL Talk Rookie of the Year from last season and quarterback for the Las Vegas Sin, Cindy Cummings. Welcome to the show, Cindy.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: It's our pleasure. As we say there, you were our Rookie of the Year winner last year on our podcast. How does that make you feel?
0: I'm glad I won on your podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did both think you were a little bit robbed uh, of the award last year with Dakota getting that ahead of you.
0: Anyone that knows the LFL knows that there's stories to uphold and i feel like um that award was a big part of the story that was being you know broadcasted last year
1: but at least as i say you managed to get our award maybe think of trying to get you some kind of trophy or something for that so you got something to go on the mantelpiece
0: yeah i mean
1: mean, Uh, it
0: is what it is
1: With that said, um, Cindy, please can I ask you to advise our listeners what you were doing prior to joining the league and who or what inspired you to start playing?
0: Um, well, I played softball my whole life and I actually went to school with Marky Henderson, a former a former uh, player of the Vegas Inque, and she tried out and she always knew that I could throw football and so she called me and she was like, Cindy, you gotta come check this stuff out. Like, it's, it's awesome. Like, I know you'll make it. I think it'll be fun, this and that. So that's pretty much how I got involved in the league. And everyone that like knew me knew that I could throw football.
1: And had you played much football before? Had you done any flag football in college at all? Or were you just strictly concentrating on softball?
0: Um, I played one season of flag football. They made it a varsity sport at my high school my senior year. So I did play that year. And that was actually all-region, all-conference, all-county. I had the best stats in the league. And I threw over 2,500 yards. And yeah, I had a, we had a really good uh, season. Unfortunately, it was my senior year. So I only got to play for maybe like three months as long as the season was. But as far as like playing football, that's that's the only experience that I've had other than just throwing the ball around with my dad and watching the ball growing up.
1: And so is quarterback the, the main position that you've always wanted to play, um, should you get the chance?
0: Um, I think it's kind of something that I just fall into as far as my personality and my skills go. I, I am capable of playing out of position. I think it's fun to play out of position because, you know, it's different. And it's not what you're used to, but... I, I do enjoy the role and I do enjoy the position. It is a challenge, every game, every practice. It's it's constant. It's never boring. You're a part of every play and I think that uh that suits my personality very well.
1: This year we've been trying to come up with some NFL nicknames for most of the L F L players. So who would you say you were most like or you tried to model yourself on from the NFL?
0: There is there's a lot of quarterbacks that I follow. I mean, obviously, Peyton Manning is a phenomenal quarterback. Tom Brady, I'm, I'm really liking Aaron Rodgers this last season. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really compare myself to anyone. specifically.
1: <laughs> no worries. And I have to ask, so you wear number seven on game days. Was that a number that was given to you or is there a reason behind that number?
0: That was my dad's number um, when, when he played sports when he was younger. And I just kind of kept that throughout my whole softball career and I figured I'd just keep it going throughout football.
1: I think that's a great reason to, to have that number. Now, last year you had a very impressive rookie season as we mentioned at the start of the show. And um, What lessons could you learn from that to take into this season?
0: Well, I learned that regardless of what I did personally, I, we still didn't really succeed as a team as far as winning. So I really tried to... St- Stress that on my team this year was to not be so focused on yourself and your own stats and your own accomplishments and just to remember that it is a team sport and at the end of the day uh, winning with my team would have felt better than leading the league in stats so if there's something that I learned that would definitely be it it's just that there's no other team sport like football and just relying on one one another to achieve the main goal which is
1: win. Yeah, the the camaraderie in American football seems to be second to none and we hear a lot of the other LFL players talking about having a a group of sisters essentially that you That you go to war with this season. It seems to have been a bit of a a tough year for you and you've come in for some criticism from, from some people in the league. How has that affected you and how have you dealt with that?
0: Everything that's gone my way has been nothing but just make me a stronger player and a stronger person off the field. It kind of brought my team together even more. So as well, you know, they've done nothing but be supportive towards me and have my back in every situation as far as the criticism and the. Every comment that I've um, endured throughout this season, but uh, you know, it is what it is. It, like I said, it, it brought us closer more than anything. And you're right about the sisterhood. There, it's across the league. It's it's not just with the teams. You know, I have friends on every team. I have places I can stay all over the country, and that I, I tell that to people all the time. That's the beauty of this league is off the field everyone's friends and sisters and on the field yeah you're right it's war it is it's been you know being friends doesn't take anything away from that but it's just amazing what this league brings into people's lives really
1: also this year the las vegas sin team seems to have had a lot of rookies that you've been playing with how has that affected your role in the locker room and have you had to step up to be a leader of the team and a veteran even though this is only your
0: second year There's only, I want to say, five returning players, that of which maybe only one can take on a leadership role as well. And now that's a Kelly Campbell on defense. So, yeah, I I had to step up for my team. I had to to lead them in times where they, they didn't know who to look to. And I did what I could do. I mean, I really feel like I... I don't know. I really came into my own as far as leading the team last year. It was kind of just led by Danica, and I never really had a chance to um prove myself to, to the team as far as leadership goes. But I've won everyone over this year in a sense that they all do look up to me as their leader, and they all do look at me when they have nowhere else to look, and they all respect me for that.
1: And I'm just going to bring in Marcus now because I think he has a, a few questions for you as well.
2: So looking at this season, um, with your history in softball, is there any times you can look back in that softball career that you can apply to playing football?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, in softball, you have to make quick, quick decisions. Um, I played shortstop. So it's, it's a very, very fast sport. It's literally all about just reaction time. And I think that definitely suits my role in football, playing quarterback. I have to make really quick decisions.
2: And of course, I mean I mean the quarterback role is is kind of blended into that. And so have you always had that, that natural athleticism for all sorts of sports? <laughs> I mean, I
0: don't want to do my own horn, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I go, no, toot it. it's I, fine. I can pick up on pretty much any sport except for golf, I would say, is the only one that I have struggled with.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm completely the same there. Best not get a club in my hand. i do more damage to someone behind me than actually in front. But me and Audrey, um were saying earlier that you are probably, Las Vegas, probably the best team not to have a win. Um, a, a one at least in the wing column. So what positives can you take from being such a strong team going forward into the off season and next season? What's the the positive one, one, or, one or two positives you definitely know you can take?
0: Well, that's the positive right there is the fact that we are such a talented team knowing that just motivates us even more to want to come back next year and get those wins because we know what we're capable of now. And now we know exactly what we need to work on and adjust and what holes we need to fill in order to come out with a win. And anyone that has watched the game knows that other than this last game against the Mists, we have been a total competitive team, and we have not given up um, at all. So we're definitely a force to be reckoned with next season, and I guarantee you that neither one of those teams are going to take us lightly like regardless of winning or losing.
2: That's real fighting talk. So you definitely see the leadership sort of developing with you. Oh,
1: thanks. Finally, Cindy, before we let you go, can I ask you to give our listeners three reasons why they should start to or continue watching the LFL?
0: Sure. Um One reason is because it's real football. It's not what people initially think it is. Um, we hit hard as hell. I mean, it's it's very entertaining and it's it's uncut, unedited, real football. And um, I, I'm i even a fan. I even love watching the games. Another reason is because <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I've never thought about this, but. <laughs> No worries. Um, we are all independent women off the field, so I guess that's a reason to follow the girls off of the, the field, I guess, too. Everyone's hot. Everyone's beautiful. <laughs> there is a <laughs> to uphold. So, uh, that's another reason, I guess. And because it's, it just, it really is a beautiful thing. And I think that the more people get involved in it and the more people that watch it and the more people that follow the league and the players will just realize that it's a lot bigger than what it is right now and it's just going to continue to grow and grow and eventually you know be something as big as the nfl hopefully
1: there's some great reasons there and with that said cindy i'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show today it's been our absolute pleasure
0: thank you thanks for having me i hope i uh, didn't make a fool out of myself
1: No, you were fine, trust me. The world's fastest growing sport
0: arrives to YouTube Legends Football League.
2: Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing.
0: They want to brawl, they don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Oh, Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Every other time they run at the outside, they're it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just. Make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL action.
3: This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta theme, and you're listening to the LFL talk with Adrian Marcus. I just want to be given the chance.
1: You were the pioneers that built women's football.
0: The
3: opportunity to succeed.
0: Or even to fail.
3: You are the league of their own. You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it!
0: The LFL on Fuse. Saturdays, starting April 18th.
1: Joining us on the show now is one of the most iconic players in LFL history, and also, middle linebacker for the Seattle Mist, Danica Brace. Welcome to the show, Danica.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Iconic. I, I like that one. That's a good intro.
1: Well, you know, we aim <laughs> to please, and you're well worthy of uh, an introduction like that. Trust me. So, <laughs> you're the face oh, of I've, the league as well. So,
3: I've heard that ever too. I just, I think it might have just been the same picture that was used everywhere. <laughs> that's, that's fine with me, but I'll take it. <laughs>
1: Nice one. Well, um, before we start, please can I ask you to advise our listeners what you were doing prior to joining the league and who or what inspired you to start playing?
3: Oh man, um, before joining the league, I actually had just finished playing basketball in college and I hung up the hoop shoes and um, was just playing in some flag football tournaments uh, around the city of Seattle and also actually um, out in North Carolina and um, I wasn't ready to um, give up being an athlete at a, a real competitive level so um, I ended up falling into the LFL when my sister um, actually just she saw the tryouts and she had met a couple of the players and they asked her to come out um, and they asked me to come as well so I went and I saw it was legit I mean we ran you know a 40 we did shuttle drill, um, tested our broad jump, our vertical, all that stuff. Um, and from there on out, I was hooked. You know, I made the team the next day and I flew out to, um, San Diego that following weekend. So that's where I was before. And, um, you know, I've, I looked back one time, I said, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And then I I couldn't stay away from it. So I've been back back now for six years
1: <laughs> yeah you've definitely been in the in the league quite a long time hence the the iconic title had you played much football before the flag football or was that kind of your first experience into it
3: you know I've always been in any sport I played I've always been a little bit too aggressive so you know basketball I'd, I'd get people hurt because I'd go after a you know a loose ball and I'd run somebody over on accident so I because I my background was you know my my dad um, was very athletic my mom was as well but um, I was definitely a little tomboy. I'm the youngest of three girls and my dad wanted a boy really bad. Um, so I was, I was kind of his only hope. So we always played in the backyard. You know, our, my dad would just write little like pretend routes on his hand and we'd go out and run them, you know, as kids from probably the age of five, six years old, all the way until, you know, <laughs> 19, 20 years old. Um, when I got involved with the LFL. So you know, I've always had an athletic background. It's just football wasn't, too much of an option um, growing up, but my, my dad was a football player and basketball player and, and softball as well.
1: And so early in your career, you mentioned that you started with um, Seattle, but then you moved down to Las Vegas. Just wondering what the, the reasons were for, for your move there.
3: I actually, you know, I was, was done with school. I had, uh, I think, like three credits left. Um, I decided to take online. I was ready for any opportunity that came my way. And Um, When the commissioner said he was putting a new franchise down there and hired the coaches down there, um, the coaches actually contacted me and said, hey, look, you know, if we're willing to pay your way down here, give you a place to stay and give you a vehicle to drive around, would you be willing to come down? Um, And at first, you know, I, I didn't really think much of it. I kind of said, uh, "Yeah, we'll talk about it later." And then they started recruiting. They, recorded our, they recruited our quarterback, Laurel Creel, who I was great friends with at the time, and uh, Tasha, the tank uh, from Chicago, who no longer plays. But um, then he put those people together, and you know, the timing was right. I, I just finished school. I was kind of done being in Washington, and um, I actually had the opportunity to go down and work in marketing in Nevada, of all places. Which you know, those big casinos down there was a great opportunity for me. So that's why I did it and then um ended up loving it <laughs> at the age of what, twenty one years old, <laughs> living in Las Vegas wasn't horrible. But, you know, I got to a point where my sisters were starting to have kids, getting married, and I was ready to be back home, um, kinda of for more of a, a career and Know substantial relationships with people, so I headed back to Seattle.
1: <laughs> Fair play. So um, last season, you got to work with Coach Tui, and he's obviously one of the most decorated coaches in the league. What was that like?
3: Oh, Tui has been one of my inspirations. Um, before I even made, um, I made all, all fantasy my my first real year playing, and Tui was a defensive coordinator for it. And his, I remember going into team meetings. We went into uh, like a film session and chalk talk. And I just remember um, sitting in front of him and and the passion that he had and the knowledge that he had just on the defensive side of things. You know, I I looked up to him um, and it was kind of surreal because I I had been watching this guy in the league, you know, coaching people with that same passion and just kind of that hungry attitude, um, which I've always had. So that's really when I I got hooked on Coach Tui. And then obviously... Um, that was a huge selling point to stay and play for Las Vegas, uh, knowing that Coach Chui was coming over and, and coaching us. Because I respect him completely, and um, having the opportunity to play for such a you know a great guy and obviously decorated coach now. And the uh, LFL was pretty awesome.
1: And at the end of last year, obviously, Coach Tui uh, moved away from Vegas. And at the time, you announced that you were due to retire. So what influenced you in coming back to the league and and playing for Seattle?
3: You know, I headed over to Australia to play for uh, the Melbourne Maidens of the um, LFL. And I met KK Matheny, who is obviously Seattle's quarterback, and Stevie from Canada, and Seattle as well. I'd played with Stevie before in the Pacific Cup. You know, we we developed a really really tight friendship. And um, you know, I always said if if I'm gonna put the amount of time that I put into football, it, it's not just going to practice and film sessions when it's required. I, I make it a full time job for myself. So um, I said if I was gonna commit that time and, and energy back into it again. Um, it would be to take a run at a championship and seeing, you know, Coach Michaelson, I started with him. He's an incredible coach. Obviously, as you know, I I know you guys have seen the wow clips of just kind of the craziness, um, of what comes out of his mouth. But, you know, that's just pure passion and, and love for what he does and, um, a willingness to, to make players better and to push you to your limits. So, So, um, you know, that was it. It was, it was a whole collaboration of a really tight friendship with, kk and stevie and when the three of us agreed to play for coach michelson um it, it just seems kind of like a dream come true so that's that's really why i came back i couldn't say no um i looked at one of my good friends who's been in the nfl for 15 years and he said to me you know danica um do you love the game i said absolutely he said is your mind still and i said absolutely and he said well are you physically capable of playing and i said duh <laughs> and he was like so why would you not and that was it right there. So, um, you know, it was hard to walk away from. And I'm, I'm happy I didn't because this has been one of the best seasons, um, best experiences I've had in the LFL.
1: And as you mentioned there about Coach Michelson, myself and Marcus were talking earlier about Megan Hansen's improvement this year. And you look at the beginning of the season when uh, Coach Michelson was literally tearing her a new one on the sideline. But <laughs> the improvement she's made throughout the season, I mean, you must have noticed that as well.
3: Yeah, Megan is um, she's a good girl. Um, she's a strong athlete athlete and I think that mentally she just wasn't where she needed to be I think we put her in a new position she hadn't played corner before she was playing the end and playing center and sometimes that tight end position but she stepped up to the plate when we needed somebody and she said yes I'll do it we needed a corner so she stepped out of her own element and took that that role on and I give her big props for that because that's a true team player and I think she I mean even to this day I was let her play corner it was it was a blown assignment twice that just got blown out of proportion Mm -hmm. um so now she's back playing where she's comfortable and she knows and obviously you know you're going to see improvement and growth in a player um when they're tested and they can you know kind of stick it out and and work through the hard times and just become a better player so she's definitely continuing to grow and improve
1: and I just want to come back, actually, to uh, to KK Matheny, because obviously you mentioned, well, everyone knows, I'm sure, by now she's um, in Seattle. But would you say that you were influential in bringing her to Seattle or, from what you've said, it may sound like she was more influential in getting you back there?
3: I We actually just had this conversation. We live together currently, um, and that was part of the deal. I said, if you want to come play, you're welcome to stay at my house. Um, and she did. I didn't expect it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, obviously, you know, we've grown closer and closer and closer. And so we kind of got a little deep with each other the other day. We were just riding around and she just said, thank you. And I out of nowhere, I said, for what? And she said, "Um, you know why I'm here playing? I said, well, I mean, I did it because you were doing it. And she said, no, I moved my life out here because you were playing. And I said, okay. <laughs> so we both had the same feelings, you know, obviously she picked up and moved from Florida where her family is and everything to live in a, in a foreign city to her. So I, you know, obviously I had some influence on her. She says completely, but, um, cause she didn't know coach Chris at the time. She had spoke to him a couple of times, but obviously now, you know, I'm sure looking back at it, she's like, wow, you know, coach Chris is a huge influence of why she came out here. Um, but I don't think she knew how big of an influence he really would be. So, um, yeah. That's kind of mutual between the two of us.
1: <laughs> That's always nice to hear. And is she a good house guest?
3: Oh, she's awesome. She, <laughs> I tell everybody this, and don't take this the wrong way. I said, it's basically like having a boyfriend, but without any of the drama. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you still get a companion. She cooks for me sometimes. I cook for her sometimes. Um, but you don't have to deal with any of the other drama of... No expectations and stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. Uh, Well, this season, um, Seattle, as you mentioned, are putting together a a good squad and seem closer than ever to reaching the Legends Cup. Can you put a finger on why that is? Or do you think it's just the right players at the right time?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, there is uh, a great group of veterans and even all fantasy players that have come together and decided, hey, this isn't about our individual play it's about a way bigger picture we really have the talent and skill level to be able to reach the legends cup and win it and I think it's awesome because the rookies that we have have watched us on YouTube or watched us you know in in previous years on TV and they look up to us and so now having a leadership role And being able to inspire these rookies who look up to you already. It's a great kind of dynamic out there because they're wanting to work harder and we're wanting to push them a little bit more to create that competitive edge because I tell everybody in practice, I said, I don't care who's out here, rookie, veteran, all fantasy player, mediocre player. You know, when we step on this field, everybody's on an equal playing field and you can fight for a position at any time. And you I mean, anybody can take my starting position. I told them right then and there, I said, come out and show me, go one-on-one with me and be better than me. Like I encourage that because if you're better than me, I would love for you to play that position because at the end of the day, that means that our team, is better in the long run, um, so it's, it's just having that competitive edge with leadership from veterans, but not having those those all fantasy veterans that just think they're the best and they're just kind of cocky walking around. Like every one of our veterans pushes our our rookies, and I think that's the key.
1: We come on now to the game itself against Las Vegas, and you played them a couple of times now this year. What's that been like going <laughs> against your former teammates?
3: You know, unfortunately, um, there isn't the highest level of maturity from from, um quite a few of the vegas players and so originally you know because everybody talks in the league there's there's friends kind of everywhere so you got to be careful what you say
1: (laughs) gotcha (laughs) because
3: they'll be like best friends or girlfriends on different teams and they talk to other people about players on their own teams i mean at the end of the day they're all females (laughs) so it's tough to keep a secret but um besides the point. So yeah, they actually they actually were coming out to try to hurt me and you know were saying negative things about me, which I I understand, but at the end of the day, it's a business. Um, you know, these teams they give you opportunities to play in any city you want pretty much. And my family and everything that I love and hold dear to me is in the city of Seattle. So I didn't want to be in Nevada anymore. And that's why I chose to move. I wanted to be with my family. So that's what it was at the end of the day. But they took it a different way. They thought I was kind of, you know, betraying them and leaving them. Um, so that first win was awesome. And, uh, that big hit on Cindy Cummings where she fumbled in the end zone and we recovered it for a touchdown. I kid you not. There was no better feeling in the world. She tried to fight me. Um, but I just, you know, I stay out of that stuff. All I know is we got a touchdown from it and she fumbled. So
1: (laughs) yeah, we know you're, Um, you're more about the trash talk than about the fighting. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, I, I literally I walk away from it. I'll protect my teammates any day but unless your level of play is backing up what's coming out of your mouth I just don't have respect for people on the field like that so uh, I just keep my level of play a little bit higher and that way I can continue to talk now the day that I back up a little bit I'll shut my mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough well I'm just gonna bring in Marcus now because I know he has a few questions for you
2: as well. So you mentioned earlier about um, competing for positions now this year you being a weapon on offense and defense playing multiple positions um is there a single position that you prefer and if so which one
3: oh ah, ah
2: i'm sabcha.
3: like right down the middle because playing tight end uh with kk obviously as my quarterback you know we're around each other all day long so she- She knows the timing of my routes and she she throws it to me because that tight end is usually open. The receivers get locked down sometimes. That tight end is a safety valve all the time. So I love that because that connection there and then the celebration in the end zone is so fun. I I don't know if that feeling's better than laying a huge hit and hearing that entire crowd just, oh, (laughs) the whole stadium goes crazy and. You no, know, I kind of step over the person look down at the player and it gives you that little feeling of kind of dominance a little bit over um over somebody so I don't know i uh, I guess if it was a trigger to my head um middle linebacker it's got to take it I guess
2: <laughs> just by a hair there by the sounds of it
3: literally like right by a hair maybe
2: so what about the team I mean are, are you guys taking a, a high level of confidence into that uh, August 15th game?
3: coach has done great at, at um creating a defense that works really well against la uh we got killed by their tight end releases which has let them into every single game um but we've adjusted our defense to it and all the girls completely understand it and are on board so our level of confidence is extremely high going into the august 15th game against la and everybody's great and healthy so i guess for a better next you know week week and a half off um before we head into playoffs
1: Throughout the season, a few of the um, Los Angeles players have said that the only reason that you've beaten them twice this year is because of their injuries. What would you say to that?
3: Oh, no. we When they had their entire team stacked, their whole roster was healthy and fine in that first game. And we blew our coverages like that. You saw Megan, you know, twice highlighted was just two bombs and they beat us by one point. So, you know, you take away those two huge mistakes that were just one person blowing their coverage. And there's no way they, I mean, obviously they wouldn't have won by one point, right? Because that would have been two touchdowns less that they scored. Um, so, I mean, we played them with a the full roster before, but they missed Ashley Salerno one time and we beat them in L.A. Um, and that's when we got killed by those tight end releases from some new chick that came in that, that man, that big girl. Um, trust me, I felt her. I. She's listed on the roster at like 185. I promise you, I work with athletes all day long. She's at least 210, 215.
1: Uh, scary Sherry. I think she's good, cool, isn't she?
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you also had a few passing words for because she got a little bit upset in your last game when you form tackled her.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I have to tell you this, though. Just, you know, honestly, all of my guys, all my NFL buddies hit me up and they were like, man, you know, Cause I'm trying to a little bit, I'm changing my image a little bit. I, I work with a lot of, you know, I do a lot of foundational work for nonprofits and i um, just volunteering my time and I work with a lot of kids. So I'm working a little bit on changing my image. I still talk trash based on my plays, but I'm trying to cut the cussing out a little bit. Yeah. Um, very hard to do on a football field. <laughs> However, um, they all got on my head so hard. Like we thought you were a way better trash talker. And all of a sudden you you're talking to this girl about form tackling. <laughs> Oh, I was weak. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> oh, there. Um, and just to finish off, please can I ask if you can give us three reasons why Seattle could win the Legends Cup this year?
3: All right. Number one is, um, is our, is our coaching staff, Coach Michelson, and his mindset, his offensive schemes are ridiculous. They're, they're not like anybody else's. He's very, very intelligent. Um, we have so many plays that are. Run out of the same set that they, these teams have been watching all season and for the past five seasons. And we haven't even run the plays yet. So they don't even know what to expect out of these sets, um, come playoff time. Number two is, is KK Matheny. She is the glue to this team and exactly what Seattle's been missing is a true franchise quarterback. And number three is, is our defense. It's the leadership of veterans and these new rookies that have stepped up. The combination of that on defense is just nasty. Um, you know, we have returner, Lala's back, Melee's back. And so now we have these lockdown corners and then we have a huge defensive line um, that's understanding how to keep that outside containment and just feed our rover and our mic. Those are my my top three reasons for sure.
1: on behalf of myself and Marcus and all of our listeners Danica we'd like to thank you for coming on the show today it's been a real honour
3: thank you so much for having me you guys
1: Spamhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire we specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs whether it be field recordings Fox Pops or capturing the atmosphere during social events editing is a very time consuming job so Spamhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound and we will do the rest we can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too visit us now spamheadproductions.weebly.com that's spamheadproductions.weebly.com okay well that wraps it up from us for another week firstly i would like to say a big thank you to our guests Cindy Cummings and Danica Brace. Also a big
2: thank you to my co-host. Marcus Henson. Oh, it's great to be here live. It's a a shame to have to drive now back to Plymouth and and go back to doing it the boring way. I know, yeah. It's much better to do do it face-to-face rather than back...
1: Anyway, no, we won't go down that route. (laughs) (laughs) Moving swiftly on to thank our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. Remember, all our podcasts go out on the LFL360 website, www.lfl360.com forward slash radio. You can also find us on iTunes, stitcher radio tune in radio and our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the awake radio network if you fancy getting in touch with myself and marcus remember
0: hey guys if you want to get a hold of Adrian or marcus send them an email at ball at gmail.com
1: and until next time football fans stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by